1: These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Chad on Score North and scorenorth.com. You got to look at
2: each individual possession of why did we get stopped. Um, And it's a combination of things. It's never any one thing. So there will be a lot to correct. And uh, that's what you know tomorrow and early
1: this week will be all about. Dude, why is everyone so solemn? They won. They came from behind with 37 seconds left. Greg Joseph... With a clutch game winning field goal. All right, everyone's all focused on how ugly it was. Sometimes you gotta win ugly in the National Football League. All right. Yeah. Why don't you it, turn that frown upside down, Kirk Cousins, Vikings fans,
2: Judd. You're gonna have to go back and watch every single play from the last twenty four years to know as much as I know. <laughs> when you do that, get back to me and then we can
1: talk. The, the, I love the, the NFL sort of cop-out, and Coaches and Cousins uses it. So what went wrong? Well, we got to go back and look at the film, right? Yeah. And then when they go back and look at the film, and you ask them again later, like, well, so what went wrong? Well, we're really just focused on the next <laughs> opponent. <to
2: call it. laughs> well, that's so true. <laughs> Wait, yeah, what? I mean, the Carolina Panthers are all we're thinking about right yeah, now, We just so gotta really not tell
1: you yeah, about We've that. We flushed that previous game. Correct, you're right. We're on, on to the next here. Uh, all right, it's Mackie and Judd, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment and every Tuesday, we hold people accountable. We go through who gets it and who doesn't. We'll get to random season recall on the show, uh, perhaps some uh, overreactions from me on three Wolves preseason games. Mm-hmm. I'm already planning parade routes. That's I don't right. know about you guys. Hennepin's all kind of broken oh, up all the time. God, we're going to need a new right route.
2: Oh no, no one's going near there, man. <laughs> you cannot drive down it. Pain. So
1: uh, we'll figure something out, but let's start... Let's start with someone who doesn't get it,, yeah. and I hate to do this because i I feel like I feel like he has good intentions. I feel like he's caught in a spin cycle of old school mentorship, but I got to do it to you. Clinton Alexander Kubiak doesn't get it. The Vikings okay. offensive coordinator.
2: Is that his real middle name, or did you just make it up?
1: What do you guys think? I
3: bet do you think his, his real name.
1: middle name is Alexander? Yes, it's oddly specific and it doesn't sound or like common. you're trying to be fun- it's pretty, no it's pretty common middle no, name no but
2: i mean you you ordinarily go with like something that's much more generic than Ed.
1: well you know it doesn't you know his middle name doesn't start with a k cuz that would be weird so you can rule one letter out the lions had had a player once named harry Colon.
2: like <laughs> weirdness doesn't parents don't always think about it man uh um, let's
1: name him harold harold Colon. Col- no it's harry Hello. colin
2: yeah Okay, what uh, I'm going to say, yes, that's his real middle name. It is.
1: Alexander is his middle name. Okay. Um, I believe it's not Clinton, though. It's just Clint. Clint Alexander Kubiak. And uh, the offense that he leads has so much potential. You know, Kirk Cousins, clean pocket, play action. He's really good. Justin Jefferson's one of the five best receivers in the NFL. Thielen still has some gas in the tank. KJ Osborne. I mean, you got two starting caliber running backs on your roster. And yet. The Vikings rank 28th in the NFL in second half scoring. They are averaging at home this season five points per game in the second half or five points per second half. They do nothing in the second half. They've barely scored any touchdowns in the second half. This is it like three, two or three second half touchdowns all season. Yeah, they
2: haven't scored this team. Uh, Last two games, they have not scored a touchdown. Uh, They and I think in the last three games, the only touchdown they've scored was a defensive one when, when they returned uh, the pick
1: against Kyler Murray, right? So, yeah, I mean, they had two, two second-half touchdowns in the first week of the season against the Bengals, if I'm yep. not mistaken. But uh, 28th in second-half scoring. So it's, it's, it's conservative. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 well, by the way, it's also the time of the game where you don't get the benefit of scripted plays. You could script the first quarter pretty much. Yep. Okay, once you get away from that, how is your offense performing when it's more improvisational, you got to call plays on the fly. Uh, also worth noting, the Vikings are second in terms of running the football on second and long. And by second, I mean they have the second most runs on second and long. So everything is just conservative. Let's just gain a couple yards. <laughs> yep. Get it to third and nine. Like, <laughs> yep. dude, take the freaking training wheels off this thing, or you're. St- and by the way, you're going to be forced to. Maybe not as much against Carolina, although you're going on the road. You're going to have to score some points on the road to win that game. But you want, you want to beat Dallas? You want to beat Baltimore? The Chargers, the Packers, job, the four guys. games out of the bye? Dude, you gotta, you got to open this thing up a little bit. Um, so, Clint Kubiak, sorry, buddy. You don't get it. Is this
2: the perfect storm in some ways as well of, of in a bad way? What can go wrong with a Zimmer guided, not led, guided offense in this sense when you've got norv turner they might fight but norv's got ideas like norv is not going to say okay mike that's just fine you're the boss oh my god he's going to say we're going to incorporate some of, of what i want to do here or i quit which he did we think um pat Shermer. Same sort of way. Did a brilliant job, but clearly knew his stuff, and I think he knew probably and, and had enough time in the league to tell Mike to sort of stand down and be like, yeah. Mike, what you what you want to do here is fine, but I've got to incorporate. Um, Stefanski had Gary Senior, who clearly met with Mike a lot, and I'm sure at times said, "You're full of crap, Mike." Here's what we No But do.
1: G- Gary was conservative by nature as Gary well. Gary loved to run the football, but.
2: Yes, but, what I, but my point is now, now we've gone to a guy who's conservative by nature potentially and is not going to give Mike any lip back. He's going to basically be like, okay, Mike, we'll do what you say. So I wonder if this is the perfect storm in a very bad way of what happens when Mike is just really dictating things. And I don't think that there's a guy offensively on the staff to say, hold on a second here.
1: Like it would have to be Kirk, I think. Don't Mike you? And, and Mike, we already knew about you know. Well, yeah. To your Kirk point, you know, the guy's been in the NFL for a decade. He's been a yeah. starting quarterback for seven years, and yes, he definitely has flaws. And you know, the fact that his teammates and coaches are talking about him from, like being a better leader this season, like, why is that even a like? Were people were people talking about Matt Ryan at age thirty three? Like, he's a good leader now. No, he's been a good leader for ten. So that's a little weird on the Kirk front. But like, why why wouldn't Kirk have More say or more, and maybe that's been some of the tug of war. But Mike Zimmer, with his quote after that game, when Courtney Cronin asked him, We played it on yesterday's show, why did you guys run the clock down with two timeouts and 40 seconds left in the first half? Like, why? That's plenty of time to matriculate your way into field goal range or maybe even more. Throw the ball to Justin Jefferson, right? And his answer was, Well, you know, we've made some mistakes in previous situations like that, and so. You know, we were going to kind of feel it out. We were going to run the ball. If we got a big gain on first down, if we got a first down type gain on first down running the ball, like how many 10 plus yard carries are you really going to have, you know, right? From, especially from your own side of the field like that? Um, and if we got a first down, then we would have proceeded. Okay, so you're telling me that your, your strategy there is to pray to God that you get like a nine yard gain on first down. Then you're going to have to burn a timeout. Because, you know, it's a run play and you got tackled in the middle of the field. Why not throw an out route that gets you 12 yards out of bounds? Preserve the timeout. Like, how risky is it? Is it riskier to give the ball to Alex Madison or throw the ball to Adam Thielen? Like, Kirk Cousins has a low interception rate. Alex Madison fumbles all the time. (laughs) Like, he fumbled against Seattle last year. He fumbled last week. So, like, Mike doesn't have... If Mike had a better 30,000-foot view of, all right, let's be aggressive on offense and let's throttle down with forty seconds left and two timeouts. How you guys get there, you figured out. But he he brings he pulls the reins back from thirty thousand feet, and it makes things worse. Mike doesn't care about he doesn't care or
2: understand or give thought to his personnel. He only cares about one thing: his philosophy. Mm-hmm. So, like, he doesn't think about Justin Jefferson, Thielen, KJ Osborne, uh, Kirk can throw. Yeah. Let's he open it up a little bit. Yeah. He he thinks he could have me carry in the rock and would think I'm gonna give it to Judd because that's safer. Three yards and do. a lot of dust. Got, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wouldn't get three yards, I'd die. But the fact but the fact is he doesn't <laughs> give thought to and, and that and that goes big picture back to why having a defensive guy that doesn't really understand or give a lot of thought to offense is really contrary to how this league runs now because don't you want your coach to be like firing away thinking of, okay we got this play we got that play we got this play um and so yeah it gets to be a difficult thing because you're literally dealing with a guy who is afraid of screwing up and I will always contend this I'm sorry my but I do not I think if you're an expert on one side of the ball you have a thousand blind spots on the other side of the ball unless you're a really well rounded coach and there aren't a ton of those and so you know mike is it's not like mike really gets it mike mike's thinking how's the defense going to stop us not how can my offense best attack their defense mm-hmm. all right
3: i have to dump on the whole clint kubiak even more parade here of who doesn't get oh,
1: it no let's this is therapeutic yeah, let's, let's keep doing it monday oh, and tuesday geez. is all about what therapy point? wednesday wednesday New, It's it's a look ahead. Look okay. ahead Wednesday. We're right. not talking we're about not the there Detroit yet.
2: game starting tomorrow. Is that what you're
1: saying? We're on to Carolina. On to Got Carolina. It. On to okay. Carolina. Okay.
3: Uh, who doesn't get his Clint Kubiak for not stretching the field? The Vikings, going into Monday Night Football at least, ranked 31st in the NFL on passes 20 plus yards attempted. So for whatever reason, Jesus they don't God. like stretching the field. But on Sunday, when Kirk did. Put the ball in the air through 10-plus yards, he found Justin Jefferson a ton. And Justin Jefferson put up a big day when he targeted him 6-for-6 six six for 115 yards. So he was able to get Justin Jefferson going by stretching the field. For whatever reason, when the Vikings really want to shove it down and, and really want to take more pass attempts, they don't want to do that. And it, I think it really limits the Vikings' offense. And even though the running attack is what it is, and Alexander Madison still technically has a big day in the, in the passing game and in the running game yesterday against the Lions... This offense is too talented with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen to not be taking more shots down the field. And it's frustrating. So Clint Kubiak, Vikings offense, stretch the field, dude.
1: I found it on, on Pro Football Focus here too. So so uh, Kirk Cousins, and I'm going to use Kirk because he's the quarterback in the rankings here, but it, this is a schematic. This is, this is partially scheme. It's partially Zimmer, conservative guiding hand. And it's partially Kirk tends to avoid risky throws more than some other quarterbacks. Like, he he fears interceptions a little bit too much. Um, but the Vikings have attempted 15 passes of 20 yards or more in the air. So basically three per game. The Raiders have attempted 35. <laughs> Tom Brady has attempted 32. Josh Allen, 27. Lamar Jackson, 27. Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. 25 has ball. attempted 10 more than the Vikings so far this season. Yep, and it's like you know, I, well, but yeah, but it's risky. Okay, you might throw an extra pick, but you might get an extra touchdown as well. well right? But here is the thing I don't get. Okay, so
2: I, I did get the the football Viking defender heads uh, tweeting back at me Monday about well, the Lions were playing two deep safeties, and you can you got to take what the, what the Lions give you. And my response was one, it's the Lions. Two. A ton of teams now play that. So it's not like, it's not like, you know, Detroit is the only team on Sunday playing too deep. And I'm willing to bet that a lot of teams that saw too deep still went deep at, at times. And the third thing is this okay, so let's say for the sake of this conversation, Justin Jefferson is taken out. So you're like, I can't throw to him. He's doubled or something. Uh, KJ Osborne, Thielen, you can't take everybody away. Like you can't say two deep takes every receiving option away. That makes no sense. Of course it doesn't. Um so so those factors are are what drive you crazy. And and I like the fact that Jefferson led the team in receptions on Sunday, but for Adam Thielen to officially catch two passes on the last drive and that's it, uh, come on. That yeah. that makes no sense. That that and and you know, KJ Osborne deserves Chances too, and I guarantee you that there were sh- shots there of some sort to take to him that weren't uh, at least attempted.
1: Guarantee it. Uh, another another excuse for why don't why don't the Vikings take more shots down the field and be more aggressive? Is well, their offensive line can't hold up that long. How are you How are you supposed to throw the ball down the field if you know you hit your third step on a drop back and there's you know all four uh, defensive linemen are in your face? Right? I mean, every snap he's just. Oh my God! What do I do? He's gonna—he's all these guys are getting forklifted off the line. Well, the Vikings don't have an amazing offensive line, but let's deal in fact here. According to ESPN.com's team pass block win rate, yep, the Vikings are twenty-first tied with Tampa Bay, and just ahead of the Raiders, who are twenty-fourth. Tampa Bay and the Raiders attempt more deep passes than any team in the NFL. With an equal or worse pass blocking unit than the Minnesota Vikings have so far this season. Mm-hmm. So it's not if 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 the Raiders are going to deal with pressure and still throw the ball down the field, and the Buccaneers are going to do it, then it's a schematic and play calling issue, or a or a Kirk moving off of Justin right. Jefferson because he's not wide open issue. Right. 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 And if, if I'm correct about this, I believe
2: the PFF grades for the Vikings pressures against Detroit we absolutely fine yeah they were like I mean, it's not like de- i mean the detroit uh defense with what they currently have are not going to get home much they're just not like that was the game to to be like let's do some stuff here yeah. sorry don't, don't give me this
1: well Judge, who gets it who doesn't
2: all right uh, who doesn't He's muttering to himself <laughs> well, I, just don't give <laughs> me this every team <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> every <laughs> team <laughs> every, <team's laughs> <Madison>. every second <laughs> long everywhere <laughs> We're playing every team, and they're all different. Bleep that! It's the Lions well, no. at home.
1: Okay Crash. one one more quick thing on this. Like we we love to sharpen. By we, I mean like the royal we, right? We sharpen this pencil all the time. In terms of like we we scapegoat the offense or Kirk, right? So you need to be more aggressive. You've got these weapons. You want to score more. You want to score more than five points on average in the second half of home games. Mm-hmm. Throw the ball on the field. Throw the ball to Jefferson. Okay, and so that's sort of the. That's the mission statement. How do you score more points? Be more aggressive offensively. Take more chances like some of these other teams are. And then the excuses start coming in, right? Well, the offensive line. Well, the bracket coverage, you know, two safeties deep, over the top. Yeah. You know, it's well, well it's you know, the offensive line Kirk this it's like, okay, well, you know, you watch you watch Josh Allen the other night. That dude's running for his life on half those snaps. I mean, that's a Chiefs defense, it's not that great, but like he flushes out to the right throws a bomb off one leg 40 yards down the field. Like other teams find a way to take chances down the field. The Vikings need to as well. All right. All right. Who does not
2: get it? The National Football League. John Gruden and this entire thing. And I will start by saying he deserved exactly what he got. He deserved to be fired. He quit, but he was about to be fired. But, Let's look at the big picture and realize John Gruden is a wart on the big toe of this entire league, and they burned it off last night, okay? Let's examine what is really going on behind the scenes that led up to Gruden getting in trouble, and I know it's not really sexy and it's boring, but it's the most important thing. So, so like, if you're doing an investigation of, well, let's look into this Gruden thing, what you are going to find is a league that... That basically is gaslighting you at every single turn. So the the Gruden stuff came out because of exchanges that he uh, made with a Washington football team employee. And that was the investigation, not into the Grudens, not into one employee, but into the entire culture that Daniel Snyder had with the Washington football team. That investigation, which was closed, I think, a month or two back, uh, it surfaced 650,000 emails of evidence. 650,000! And the league declared the investigation's complete. We are going to deal with this internally. Uh, And by the way, we are not going to release anything. Fast forward to the last few days. I believe it was last week. And we find out that Gruden, Gruden made what is 1,000%, I don't care what he says, a racist comment about the head of the Players Association. But more importantly, what lurked in the background was several more tweets that offended not only uh, uh, blacks, but it offended basically everybody you could possibly offend, including Roger Goodell. And conveniently, the league takes a private investigation. We will be announcing nothing from this. We won't show you anything. And it leaks out to very particular and and very credible sources, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, just what Gruden had said to the point of last night on, on the countdown show before the game on ESPN, where Schefter and the panel were going after Gruden hard without saying they only said that there have been more emails that surfaced. (laughs) They were sent by the league to the Raiders to handle the matter on their side. And they all ripped Gruden. So you knew that that either late last night, which is what transpired or today he was gone. But the fact is I'll repeat it again. There are 650,000 emails that show what Dan Snyder did, what I'm sure uncover. I'm sure that, unfortunately, John Gruden, not alone in, in his homophobic, racist ways. And the league is going to tell you now, go away. This is all. And, and I think what Patrick t- told us on Rap with Royce earlier is, is absolutely correct. Because he ripped Goodell and called him a very bad word, they decided, well, we're going to get this out there. But they're going to gaslight us now and be like, the rest of this is private. Who else is implicated? And, and if anybody believes for one second that Dan Snyder turned over the running of the Washington football team to his wife out of the goodness of his heart, I got some real estate to sell you. Yeah, He's been suspended. Come on.
1: Yeah, I mean I this is a this is a really interesting story here and that I agree John John Gruden I think a lot of people felt like this is who he is behind the scenes for a long time and here he is for everyone to see right and he just immediately resigned with I'm sure some urging uh, of the Davis family and the NFL but yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to know. You know, he's emailing back and forth between him and the and Washington's Bruce team president, Allen. right, Bruce Allen. Like, Bruce I kind of want to know what Bruce Allen had to say back to some of those emails. Six hundred fifty thousand know, of these, man. Where, where, where do we stop here? Um, yeah. I, this this story has also brought out the well, everyone says things that they wouldn't be proud of in their emails, guy, which I heard from a lot on Twitter last night. Why don't you release your emails and see? I mean, you'd be very, very underwhelmed by my emails, which are mostly just like geeky Timberwolves opinions and, um, I don't know, like 50,000 emails every morning from websites I have somehow opted into their email list. That could be a long list. If you are an NFL head coach and if you are high up in an NFL front office and you are openly misogynistic, racist, and homophobic, Mm -hmm. you deserve to be called to the carpet. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is a huge influential entity in our country and the NFL has been trying to change its culture. Uh, I just think there's a there's a whole treasure trove of people just like John Gruden right. that could probably stand not to be canceled forever, but held accountable. All right, there's a huge difference between cancel culture and accountability culture. Bingo. And John Gruden is experiencing accountability culture right now.
2: Well, yeah, and and the thing too though is don't now tell me that that's it. It's done. It's not done, and I know that. That that's the thing that drives me crazy about billionaires and sports leagues. They're gonna tell you when it's done. No, you're not. And and John Gruden again. He's a boil on your butt. If you're this league, <laughs> yeah. he is a he he he's a he's a wart. He, I like the wart on the toe. To be, there
3: we go. That's better. Well, he's gonna a be a
2: boil off. on your butt. Huh? boy. He's a boil. He is such mm, a small piece of this. Because here's what I want. Turn on your fellow billionaires. I'd like to know what owners have said. Like, don't don't just say it stops with Gruden. And by the way, the rest of the league's fine. There are no homophobic, racist, misogynistic
1: people in this league <laughs> other than Johnny Gruden. Come on. Yeah. So, what yeah, else? very, very uh, interesting quick development from, uh, from, oh, some emails got out to he's just gone from the Raiders in like 72 hours. Uh all right, who gets it, who doesn't? I'm sorry, I'm gonna stay on the who the who doesn't get it train here. Okay. And this is this is the first time I've ever done this, but I'm going back to back Jim Polad because I don't think we could <laughs> remind people enough, especially with some amazing playoff baseball going on. Two different things. Number one, the Twins have not won a playoff game since two thousand four. Let's stamp that on the beginning of every single Major I'm League Baseball playoff game. So,
2: I'm so down right now because of
1: that. Every like the intro for Twins games when we fire these back up in spring train next year, the intro on the Bally Sports North, you know, do, 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 you know, pregame like it should <laughs> it should start, yeah. What a bizarro, bizarro bramer. Bizarro <laughs> bramer. This team hasn't won in forever. It's inexcusable, Justin Howell. It, it doesn't need to be a rant. It can just be. And uh, welcome into uh, Hammond Stadium here in Fort Myers for the Twins' first spring training game of the season. <laughs> and as always, a reminder they are 0 18 in their last 18 playoff games dating back to 2004, the longest losing streak in American sports history. Justin, your thoughts on today's spring training game. Like, are going to really hard. So, number one, every single playoff team that made it to the division round won a playoff game this year, something the Twins have been unable to do in 18 tries. And another reminder, if you're watching these teams throw haymakers at each other, late game, big outs, big home runs, clutch hits, well-constructed bullpens, great trades at the deadline, just remember – that All of those teams are chasing the Twins front office, which graded, according to Jim Polad, A-plus in 2021. Red Sox, I'm sorry, you're chasing the Twins. Giants taking a 2-1 lead, 107 wins, you're chasing the Twins, according to Jim Polad. So I just thought it was worth mentioning again for two straight weeks, Jim Polad doesn't get mm. it.
3: Woof. Sorry, Jim Paulette. I, I saw a from uh, from Boog Zombie actually last night. So, because uh, and I see a lot of baseball fans jumping on this too, and it's, it's a good it's a good point. Uh, Boog tweeted out that since the start of the 2019 playoffs, teams that out homer their opponents are 73 and 11. So naturally, when the Twins out homered the Yankees in Game One of the 2019 ALDS, they still are one of those 11 losses because they did out homer the Yankees in Game One of, well, the, of the ALDS. They did try they tried very hard. I'm saying there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance.
1: Another uh, one to tally up here is I don't think the Twins, we can check this, but I'm pretty sure it's been 17 straight postseason games since they scored more than 4 runs in a game. Mm-hmm. So they didn't they haven't even accidentally scored like 7. Do you know who I fall? Clint Kubiak. <laughs> Not taking shots. That's <laughs> the training wheels Run off. On second awesome of low. plays, man. <laughs> awesome plays, Clint. All right. All right, Declan, I'll, who gets it, who doesn't?
2: I'll, I'll go to who gets
3: it. The NHL season does start today, and this is a pseudo who gets it uh, because I have another mm. comment, but the Seattle Kraken do play today. Um, I'm sure Phil is jacked up for uh, Seattle Kraken fever. They get the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. I, I believe it's in Vegas. I'm not sure if that one's in, in Seattle. Yeah. I know it's, it's the nope. later game, so I assume it's one of one of the two. Uh, but actually, who does get it is Bill Guerin. So Bill Guerin, who I, I've used before on who gets it, friend of the show, by the way, of on Score North and on Judd's Hockey Show, he comes on with us. And talks puck, but you know Billy actually went a little viral for a clip because the Wild are launching, you know, their becoming Wild show, which you know is, is in general is kind of can be a little hilarious to me. It's just kind of funny stuff. But this clip of Bill Guerin talking to Captain Jared Spurgeon, and I think it just signifies the change in culture with the Minnesota
1: Wild. Listen, you guys know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all about, Spurgey? Hard work, man that this is about winning oh dude love it dude let me do it it it,
3: it, it is it is exactly what we've been talking about and i don't know if spurgeon like Spurgeon, actually has a little smirk on his face and if people couldn't hear because it was a little muffed he says hard work and having fun and then and he
1: said it in jest I'm assuming, right he was kidding
3: yeah and he does he puts a little smile on his face because bill garan very quickly says bleep that this is about bleeping winning and this good. is entire culture change that Bill Guerin yes. is talking about it's why Prezi and Suter have been bought out it's why there's a new captain a new cap, and alternate captains into this fold it's why the wild are now changing the guard I don't know if they're going to be as good as Colorado this year I Colorado might be the best team in the NHL but this changing of the culture the Prezi Suter the Koivu the Niederriders the Zuckers that is officially dead it's officially dead, and this is about winning. It's not about having fun and playing for your hometown team anymore. This is about winning. Culture shift. Yeah, get it.
2: I have. I have a sneaky suspicion that that because I I watched that clip about five times. I've watched that. Uh, that there was a time that somebody said that from the old guard because, like, first oh. of all, Spurgeon, it, it's almost like a wink, wink. Hard work and having fun. Yeah, like like, like, somebody from the old guard had said that, and then he's like, because, I mean, there is no question that Bill Guerin, uh, not too fond of of what he walked into with the culture for the Wild, and I don't blame him.
1: Let's play that clip again. I need that. I need that right into my veins here. Come on. Listen, you guys know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all about? Burgy? Hard to having fun. F that. This is about fing winning. Ah. Uh, Spurgeon oh, almost yes, knows though. Yeah. Yes. He knows. But, but who's great. the who's the guy to Spurgeon's right who's look he when Spurgeon says it, there's it, a guy who was right with a twin set and he smiles smiles at him like uh oh, It might it
3: have is. been Eck, I'm not hundred percent, but it's it's
1: just a golden <laughs> clip, dude. It's so no, it's, good. It's outstanding. God. It's Can what you imagine want? okay, take that Put that in Jim Polad's blood in Derek Falvey. You want does Derek, does, Falvey to say does that? Derek Falvey and I, I? Falvey's a great guy. I like Derek Falvey, but like, is he going to walk into that clubhouse with that command and be like, "F this, we're right. winning a cup, we're and, winning a championship."
2: And the best part, Bill Guerin has two cups. He's been a captain. He knows what it takes. So, so like, he carries the street cred to say that and not be, be like, "You've never played. You know, you're not. Who are you?" He's actually won. So he's that's two, the best part. I love that. Two cup he's that's
1: got two-cup grapefruits. That's what he's yes, got. He couple, a yeah. couple cups, two different places. All right, <laughs> right Judd, put a wrap on. All right, who gets, who gets it? it? Who doesn't?
2: Who gets it? I'm going to go very general here. Stay in the world of football, and I'm going to say who gets it? The team that takes the quarterback. Okay? The team that takes the quarterback. I will explain. I will explain by rewinding to the 2020 NFL Draft first round, first round, first pick, Bengals, Joe Burrow, good pick, I like that pick. Second pick, Chase Young. Third pick, Detroit. A couple quarterbacks on the board. No, no, no. We got Matthew Stafford, Jeff Okuda, a cornerback who's hurt right now. We're going to yeah. take a cornerback. We're going to get our shutdown corner. The Giants were next. We need a we need a tackle, left tackle. Andrew Thomas is our guy. Because we got Danny Dimes throwing dimes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Allow, oh, that that's exactly right. Because then that allows pick five to come up. And the Dolphins say two off, which I actually, you know what? It might work. Take I don't know. But take take your, shot. your shot. And then at six, the Chargers are there. And they're like, oh, my goodness. Look who slipped down the board to us. There's some questions about him. But we're going to be the team that is going to be in late October of 2021 praised on who gets it and who doesn't by Judd Zolgad because we're going to take Justin Herbert, who right now is one of the best things going. And this goes back to, I will take this back. Phil's going to get very upset. I don't care. I will take this back to the 2005 draft when I believe the 19th pick kick came up. And Aaron Rodgers is is sitting there. And Dante Culpepper has almost no guaranteed cash left. And you say to yourself, but we don't need a quarterback. Detroit said the same thing. We got Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford. We're set. We're set for life. You don't take take the quarterback. Take the take this is me the resisting
1: chance. the urge to take fight fight the, back on that take terrible take. The chance.
2: Take the chance because you know what? Do you think that the Detroit Lions came here saying, "Yeah, but we got Jared Goff now. We're fine." Anyway, more and more, more now than ever. If you have the opportunity. And I'm not talking like a third-round guy. I'm talking like if there is considered a top quarterback pick. So this is not Christian Ponder. But Justin Herbert was considered a wild card, a lottery ticket. But if he worked, you win, you can retire. And the Chargers did it. And the Detroit Lions, imagine if they had him. Now, I'm not saying that, that the development would be the exact same. But I am saying that they would have given themselves a chance. And a year after saying, we don't need a quarterback. Matthew Stafford is gone and you've got Jared Goff and not Justin Herbert.
1: Um Yeah, are you are you tying this into the Vikings specifically like for no, last year's right draft or is it just more of a general No,
2: it's a general take. I am big on if there is a quarterback who is considered like a top 10, yeah. And, and you're like, "But we got to take our shutdown corner." Yeah, it's like I don't even take your take a quarterback and 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 Full disclosure: In two thousand five, that was tougher. Now I don't think it's tough.
1: Well, it wouldn't have been at at no point in the history of football would it have been a tough decision to not draft Aaron Rodgers if you're the Vikings sitting on twenty six year old second in the MVP yeah. voting, Dante Culpepper coming off a playoff win. All money but gone though. That's
2: a discussion for Guaranteed money gone at the time. But my point he is my now, who though? Now because because he's basically he's basically done potentially. But now the key is this. Take the quarterback.
1: Let me ask you this. All right. I, I, this oh, is against my better judgment that I'm going to go down this oh, path right now. This is the biggest argument in Mackie and Judd on-air radio show history. Loved it. When Judd said the Vikings made a mistake not drafting Aaron Rodgers in the 2005 draft. James. Now,
2: I didn't say seven. I said I believe it was 19 where they took Erasmus James, to
1: be clear. Mm-hmm. 19. What was your thought before that? Like, as, as Rodgers is slipping – because were you covering the Vikings then, or the Packers? No, I was
2: covering that draft for. I was covering that draft for the Star Tribune. I was in Green Bay, so I was covering yeah. the Packers
1: with with full honesty. Were you yep. sitting there in that moment, Dante Culpepper in his prime, in his mid twenties, coming off he's like second in MVP voting, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yep. And the Vikings won a playoff game the year before in Green Bay, so they yep. got some really good things going offensively. Yep. Were you sitting there in that moment, thinking to yourself? Holy crap! The Vikings should draft Aaron Rodgers. I wasn't even. Was thinking, it a first guess from Judd Zilgad?
2: I was not thinking about them because I I was covering the Packer draft. But what I was thinking is going into that day, it was Alex Smith or Rodgers first pick. Like yes. it, like we didn't know, and I kept thinking, when is somebody going to go up and stop his fall? So that's what that was. What I couldn't believe was he kept falling and falling and falling. And nobody, and now that now that there would definitely be a team that would trade up. But to see him fall that far, so I was not, full disclosure, th- thinking about that through the prism of the Vikings. I was through the prism of, this guy was like a coin flip, top overall quarterback, and everyone's just a- allowing him to, to fall. And this will always go back to, to one thing, Moss. Like, how can no one stop that fall? Like at some point in time, Randy Moss had problems. I get that, okay? But he was considered, I think by many, a top 10 talent and there was concerns.
1: But wide receivers were like that would never happen today
2: or Aaron no, Rodgers. Like, I agree. But wide ways. receivers
1: were much more marginalized in but, the 90s. But what I'm saying, right, but what
2: I'm saying is so Moss falls here, comes here is spectacular in in some ways changes the game. My thought process about the draft was forever changed of okay if you know a player is that good how do you just allow him to, to fall and if you have a coin flip first overall quarterback and now he's in the 20s what's yeah. going on
1: here and although I, I I will always disagree with your take on the Vikings and Aaron Rodgers I also will give the Vikings more leeway for whiffing on Christian Ponder because of all, all like you got to take your shots you got to take, you take your shots on shot. quarterbacks I and the that. and the Vikings you know they got Kirk and they're comfortable with Kirk right now and but they were like they're so comfortable with Kirk, and they were so risk averse, yep. that they that they would rather oh, god we could go we like Fields a lot but I mean we don't want to give up a third round pick to move up for him like you know they're haggling over right. what the cost is and so they they hedge well I guess we'll go Kellen Mond instead in the third right. round and and then like nobody'll nobody'll judge us if he doesn't pan out because he's a third round quarterback and they rarely pan out right you know it's like it's so I I I'm okay with the ponder draft because they took a shot as big of a failure as it was. Right. But uh, I mean,
2: chase young, great player, right? I prefer the quarterback. Um, Okuda Detroit could have Justin Herbert, Andrew Thomas. I'm sure he's fantastic. And you've got, Danny Dimes, and I understand that, but the I think the thought process about these guys has to change. like I think we have to be so afraid of, of oh, man, because once you land one, you're set. Man, you're set.
1: Yep. So, all right, um, Federated Insurance, here to help you guys. If you're business owners out there in the state of Minnesota, Federated's been a great partner for us on Mackie and Judd. Throughout the years, and uh, they're all about risk management, protecting your employees, protecting your bottom line, your business in general. Find out about all the great resources Federated has and all the great people you can tap into and the knowledge and expertise at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Judd, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. We'll get to random season recall in just a little bit. But um, would you guys mind if I forced some uh, Timberwolves preseason overreactions on you right now? Oh, like no. You're not my only it? outlet. So I, can't do, I can't do it at home, really. I don't want to inundate my wife with like my third wife? preseason game. Why not? She doesn't care. Honey, I tell Dawn about that You won't believe Jaden McDaniels like from the wild. right corner three is lights out right now. It's I explain.
2: Crazy. I explain sports to Dawn all the time, and I'm sure she appreciates it.
1: You mansplain sports to your wife. I don't know. Yeah. I don't
2: mansplain. Yeah. I get into the in, I get into the intricacies of like baseball moves. That's not yeah. mansplaining. <laughs> that is helping someone understand the great national pastime.
1: Well, the Wolves last night. You know they let the Clippers hang around for a few minutes there in the first quarter, you know, so they just, yeah, they were kind of feeling things out and then they drop another 40 point second quarter and they wind up with a one twenty eight to 100 victory. Now the Clippers it's preseason and the Clippers didn't play Paul George, Uh, but listen, the wolves didn't play Josh Akogi. And so it basically cancels out. I mean, we got one starter here and another starter there, but uh, (laughs) I just, I literally last night I'm sitting there, I'm taking notes on my phone. Um, I'm, I'm, gleefully giddily watching this ball movement offense and um boys i uh i think the biggest thing i noticed was anthony edwards carl anthony towns and d'angelo russell who all played around 25 minutes just how well they play together Mm -hmm. and how much they look to feed each other opportunities you know there's the situation in Philadelphia with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. It's all it's awkward, it's clunky, and you know, not I mean, I'm not talking now. I mean, now it's like an abomination. I mean, like on the court when they were playing together. It's awkward, it's clunky. They're kind of in each other's way. And I just feel like Towns, Edwards, and Russell are great complementary pieces. I mean, they're there and then there's 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 times where like Russell will come down the court three times and facilitate something or maybe get his own shot and then he'll realize, or Chris Finch will call a, a play set of some kind and says, okay, now it's time for Ant to, he's going to be the point person here on the right wing. And, and, um, and then Carl Anthony towns will get his shots in the low block. And if he gets doubled, he kicks it out. And the way those guys are playing off each other and all three of them, 13 shots for Edwards, 13 shots for towns, 11 for Russell. Like that's how it should be. I think, Towns and Edwards should take the most shots. Russell should take shots when he's hot, but look to distribute. And then everyone else should sort of fall in line and be a role player. And so I know we're three preseason games in, but just playing off the last 10 games of last year too, those three guys look to be playing off each other very well in the 3-0 and preseason start. That's my biggest observation. Well, that's yeah imperative too.
2: Um, so do do you think that, that Delo gets his role then? Yes. Cause I mean, that's point, incredibly yes. important. That's incredibly yeah. key to this. Whole I think thing. a lot
1: of people were kind of worried that like, all right, does D think he's the one a right. here and he's, is he going to go rogue and shoot the ball 30 times and just right. sort of freeze out Anthony Edwards. And that was not the case. I mean, those guys were on the court at the same time and D was looking to set up Edwards and then, and then he would just sort of, you know, fall out and, and stretch the court. Um, nine assists for D'Angelo Russell in mm. 23 minutes last night. He also was active on on the rebounding yeah. front too. Like how active these guys are off the ball right now is something that really stands out. And it's early and it's camp and it's preseason and they're I'm sure it's being drilled into their heads. Right. Uh, but they're they're very clearly taking more pride in off the ball movement, defensive movement. It's That's Finch too, right? Like I'm
2: 100%. Like right. I think this I think the scheme is going to be good. I think the scheme probably works,
1: which it's I don't work. know. It's working so far in the three preseason. Games. And the thing too, Yo, I, I laughed. I told you they'd be undefeated in the preseason. Oh,
2: jeez, yeah, you
1: did. Um, and
2: the thing too that I think is incredibly important is Ant is so easy to like, and and like he he's such a breath of fresh air that I think distributing to, to him and in, in, uh, you know, work, working the ball through him. I think that that becomes very simple because it's not, you know, he's not uh, um an ego maniac type. He's not that type. And so it seems like this team might actually gel, which I don't know I can say for Wolves teams of the past
1: that much. I don't know that, that there's been a gelling process that there could be here. And that that's a good segue into another observation is these guys look like they like playing with each other. I yeah. mean there's just there's a joy that seems to have been missing for the better part of the Carl Anthony Towns era, just through different coaching changes and roster turnovers. And um, they look like they're rooting for each other. The bench is active. When somebody comes up with a big play, it's a preseason game and like the bench is up and cheering and waving towels. And you know, that's, that sounds so stupid. If you're the Lakers right now or the, or, you know, pick, pick an established franchise that went like the Warriors but when you're trying to build this thing and you're trying to get everyone on the same page and rooting for each other and just creating those sort of positive vibes, like that's kind of where we're at with the wolves. Just mm-hmm. create create some create some good positive vibes and get everyone on the same page. And um observation number three Jaden McDaniels, Declan's guy. My dude. Declan pinpointed this with his basketball whisperer acumen mm-hmm. at the beginning of last season. I did he is becoming the perfect, the quintessential 3-and-D guy for this team. All (laughs) right, He can guard almost any position on the floor. He's super active, and he has found a couple of spots in the corners, namely that right corner last night, where he can bomb threes at a high percentage. And so if if he becomes just throughout, maybe he's got the upside to be more of like the second-best player on a team, but he's so young. If he can just be... The quintessential three and D guy. You're gonna take five threes a game, make two or three of them. You're gonna play lockdown defense. You're gonna get some steals. You're gonna grab some rebounds. You're gonna play 25 minutes a game. Like that would be an amazing piece to plug in for this roster. He also, I I think
3: he also put on like, yeah. Let me get my Jaden McDaniels taken. I think he also put on like 25 pounds of muscle too. Like the dude had put on a ton of weight because he was lanky. He came in the last year at like 185 pounds soaking wet. So he actually put on some muscle and he's bigger. And I mean, they don't really have big, thicker guys. Like, I mean, Nas Reed's an absolute horse. But outside of that, it's a a pretty small ball team. Like, they they need guys like McDaniels who are long and can play defense because McDaniels and Beverly and basically Nas Reed are going to be the only guys that can probably be shut down defenders.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Like size-wise, they're not they're not gonna be a, a muscle you up team. Like ultimately they're gonna have to score like they did last night. They're gonna have to score 120 plus points on a regular basis to win a lot of these games. But Patrick Beverly adds perimeter defense, and he didn't play last night because he's old and they just don't need to play him in all the preseason games. Um, if Jaden McDaniels and Patrick Beverly can set Sort of the the base defensively, like this. These are our two best defensive players. Yep. And then if Edwards and Towns can take a step forward, even um, you're looking at a team that's going to be able to at least be formidable defensively. They're not going to be locked down 2004 Pistons, but like they'll at least be formidable defensively if these guys are if they keep doing what they're doing here.
2: Dare I say that w- with your point, Phil? You put the the Simmons idea from a Wolves perspective on the back burner to see what, what you've got here from a chemistry and team standpoint. Yeah. Because I mean, it's a, like, if you're like, we're like, you're going down a path. That sounds like it's a pretty good path. I don't know if you shake things up to a team where you've got some confidence that, that what you have currently on your roster actually might work for the first time in a long time. Yeah, And they play might.
1: so many home games out of the gate too to start the season. It's like seven home games in their first yep. eight or something. Yep. So I I guess to your point, okay. Would I still like Ben Simmons on this team? Yes. Have I now? Now that I've watched three preseason games, have I moved into the curious about this current roster stage? Yes. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can see how this looks in the first month. I don't know what's going to happen with like Simmons reported yesterday, right? Did he show up again? Yeah, apparently he showed up, and I guess they didn't expect him. It turned out all
2: right. So like he just walked in and they're like Ben, nice to see ya. Super awkward. It's, it's I don't a know. Really weird story. Is he gonna play? Games I think he still gets them? dealt. Like, but but if the Wolves make a trade for him, there's no question. Dex's guy is gone. Like he's yeah, he would he's have just, to yeah, be involved. Yeah. And if what you're saying is is accurate and he's maturing more, um,
1: I don't know that that's a great idea. Yeah, I also don't want to. I don't want to go too crazy, and that Ben Simmons is literally one of the five best defensive players in sure. the world, and is also one of the great inside uh, yeah. offensive players. Like people rip on him because he can't shoot or doesn't shoot, but like he also converts at like a fifty-five percent. Most of his shots are within about eight feet, and he's really good within that range. So it's, it's out like, there. People say he doesn't do anything offensively. No, he's actually really good in transition and inside. He might be like a super he's a much dude, better though. player than Jaden McDaniels, but he makes sure. a lot more money too, and he might be super weird. Yeah, there's a whole vetting thing that needs (laughs) to be done. Like, is it is is his personality and his glass ceiling because Philadelphia just held him down, and schematically he needs a different coach and system. I think there's some of that, but I yeah, I'm curious just to see this group, which runs about nine or ten solid players deep. You know, they're bringing Torian Prince for 20 minutes. Jared Vanderbilt's a really good player for 20 minutes. Nas Reed for 20 minutes. You know, like. Balmorrow, over to Jane, over to Noel, <laughs> back to McKinley. Wright. So there's a, there's a lot to see here in the first month. If they could just sort of sort of put the Ben Simmons thing on the back burner for like a month. Yep, I, I would be curious. Your thoughts on on the potential because I think we are going
2: to see it more now that Gerson's gone on the Cat uh, Nas being on the court at the
1: same time. Um, that's a that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I I think. I think if if something allows Cat to be a little bit more free to mm-hmm. uh if he can be more free to explore the perimeter I am both offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. Um I'm interested in that. I don't know right now I think their starting lineup is going to be Cat at the 5 and Jaden McDaniels at the 4 with some combination of like Edwards, Russell, maybe a Kogi like they've they've had a Kogi in the starting lineup last night. He was hurt. I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is I don't know what they're going to do with their starting lineup and combos. And and, and some of it's less about starting lineups and more about like, OK, how does right if Nas Reed comes in, is he replacing cat? Is he coming in to make the lineup bigger? Um, the fact that Nas Reed can also shoot threes and stretch the floor offensively is a game changer. Yep. That guy was undrafted. That's yeah, a great find. That guy was freaking undrafted, and he's out here um one of the sneakier bench players in the league. Like last night, too. I'm just I'm just looking at box scores now, but like um because I, I gotta be honest, I ducked out after the third quarter when the game was out of reach, and that was Nas Reed territory.
2: Yeah, because the Wolves win big like that all yeah. the
1: time. It just gets Not boring. Sure. Yeah, it does. But like you can just tell sometimes by looking at a box score. Boy, this guy came in for twenty minutes. Two steals, two blocks, two assists, you know, like he's just active, and you right. watch that too. It, the eye- test verifies it. Um, and I'd have to go check like plus minuses and lineup combos from the last couple of years. but again, like half the season last year was Ryan Saunders. So almost anything you thought you saw last year needs to be thrown out because Chris Finch is now installing a bunch of new things that they didn't even use last year, both offensively and defensively, and that's exciting, too. Friend of the show, also Dane Moore said
3: last night that Nas Reed is definitely the most the pow- most talented power forward the Wolves can put next to Cat. And to be clear, I both mean that as a compliment to Nas and a rip on how this roster was put together with no player who is over two hundred and forty pounds and over six foot ten.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're small. They're it's small a small team. team, but they also have on paper about seven guys that can shoot threes. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, don't um, get choked up about this. You know. I know it's very. We haven't started the Tim- yet. We haven't. The Timberwolves really run off. to the top of the Western don't, Conference starts now, baby. Don't I'm get emotional. all choked up, Dan Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: seemed impossible when the year started.
1: So those are those are my. That's good. Super overreactions to the first Love three it. Wolves preseason games here, presented in part by our friends at PXG. This is not an overreaction. PXG makes outstanding golf clubs and apparel. I actually went to went to go hit some balls yesterday. Yeah. A little fall golf myself. Nice. And uh, if you're into fall golf over the next four to six weeks, golf season is still thriving. PXG Minneapolis is a golfer's paradise inside Southdale Center. You can find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. tea time for Sunday
3: before uh, the bikes game. So I'm going to, no get, try, to get, try to get 18 in before. I might, we'll we'll see how quickly you I can play. It. What time you? Uh, Eight fifty. You know? So I'm gonna be pushing it. If I can, if if there's no one in front of me, I'll be very, like very should, close. Yeah, I'm right, right like down the road. I'm right down the road. So I might bail if if by eleven forty, if we're on thirteen or fourteen, I'll just I'll say goodbye. But yeah, Let's peace out.
1: Let's right. go back. Get the fall the fall golf rate, too. You, oh, I love it. I can't wait. Yeah. It's
3: gonna be cold too. It's like a high like forty five. I think on Sunday. So it's it's fall golf.
1: It's here, baby. I'm ready. I love inject fall. it. Inject it. All right. Every single Tuesday. Declan quizzes us. It's called Random Season Recall. He brings up a random Minnesota sports season from the past, puts our memories to the test.
3: All right. We'll oh stick with God. the Timberwolves. We're going to go with the 2014-2015 Minnesota Timberwolves. So a, a, a more recent edition of Random Season Recall. Okay. We've been doing so, that a little bit more lately, so, I, I'll, so I'll dabble drop. into this one. As Holy we always crap. do, Okay. How many wins for those 2014, 2015 Timberwolves? Uh, I will give you three on either side. I'll be generous today. Three on either side.
1: Uh,
2: 2014, 2015? Okay.
3: So
1: they were bad. They were very bad. Yeah. I believe, okay. Joe, this is just two friends talking here. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Take a little, little sip. Little, okay. little, okay. Nice, slow. nice. Really well, well, I, like, allergy, promo. I like allergy
2: throat here. My nice allergies promo are just, though. Phil Mackey for
1: Gatorade, and Gatorade Zero. (laughs) Hey everybody, Um, we should put like a your your uh, your energy drink here. (laughs) Your exactly. I think this was Andrew Wiggins' rookie season, and I think this was also Flip Saunders' lone season back on the bench. Okay. And I think they were really bad.
2: Yeah, you're right. No, because Flip, if I'm not mistaken, died in October 2016.
1: Okay, so I think they were really bad this season. Like, I mean, what do you want? You want it within what now, Dex? Three, within three? In three? Judd, I think I don't think they won 20 games this year. I think it was like a 19 win team. I defer to you on this. Yeah, that's. Not, it's yeah. I'm just Trying to think strategically, you know, if we say 19. Then we get sixteen through twenty-two. Is there any way they would have won more than twenty-two in Andrew Wiggins' rookie year? It was such a disaster. Um,
2: well, hold on a second, though. Okay, hold on one second, because I, I think you're probably right. They got the number one pick, pick so stung, they had one of the. They had one they of got the, f- the. top pick. Yeah, but Flip, Flip passed away. I remember. I I want to say it was during a. I got the release during a Vikings Lions game in October in right before the 2000 I want to say it was 2016 and that's the year that Mitchell coached him then yep. so that would be 2016 17 right cuz it was at the start of that well, flip, year
1: yeah so so did, did flip coach him for flip, flip moved flip moved off the bench i think i think what happened was flip coached 14 15 and then flip moved off the bench to the front office for 2015 16 oh did he and then 16 and they right get before stick the season. season, yeah. Okay. Um. He didn't he die in like October of sixteen? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So okay.
2: so, and I thought he had, I thought he had coached them the year, year before. Yeah, but I mean, yes. Go. They're, I'm sure that 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 the team was terrible. So I'm sure
1: right. that you're right on the. Let's lottery. go. Nineteen. Nineteen
2: 19?
1: wins. Nineteen wins. For the wins. Yep. Second. <laughs> 16 wins. 16
3: wins. Oh, my. And by the way, you guys were a year early on the uh, unfortunate passing of Flip. So Flip, so 2014-15 was the last year. Flip passed away in October of 2015. Oh, it's 15. Okay. Judd, it was on a Sunday of a Vikings game. Okay, um, that's what I remembered. Okay. Because he, in the the offseason, drafted Cat and Tyus Jones. That's right. And had a big party at, I believe, 508 or the Loon. And, yeah cuz uh, he
2: went to
1: 508 and uh, like I think Tyus and, and his family mm-hmm. was there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so fourteen. so you're saying 1415 and he did coach 1415, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So di- okay. So he died. Okay, so it was quicker than we gave it credit for there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Okay.
3: Who led the team in scoring per game that year?
1: Okay, Wiggins would have been 15 16 20 Probably closer to 20 points a game. Um, I think Kevin Martin was on that team. Oh, what a great shot. <laughs> a little such weird. shot. That little weird motion that Kevin Pekevick Martin had. was on that team. I'm trying to think of who else. So Kevin Martin, Pekovic. Might be Kevin Martin. You might be right about that. Because he did score. I mean, he did score a lot. Who else would have been on? This is Kevin Love is gone by now. So they made the, they made the trade they, yeah because they made the trade for the number for oh Leander that's right Wiggins. during the offseason yeah, yeah 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 yep so love love that's was right. gone that's right they didn't get the pick so it's either i think it's either Wiggins or Kevin Martin I'm trying to think of who else yeah who else was on that club so who was the oh my god so that club KG, had dude KG was on that club wasn't KG on the he, he was they they brought they, they, back yes during the um and Ricky was a point guard right yeah. So that's Ricky, He's, it wasn't him. No, no, no. So, yeah, you might be right. All right, Kevin Mar- it might be it might be Wiggins honestly, but Kevin Martin.
3: Kevin Martin official guess. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah! Kevin Martin.
3: 20 oh, points for game. That's a pull. Kevin pl- 20 points for that's game for pull. Kevin Martin. That's a pull,
2: man. man. That's nice.
3: That's right. Nice. Not bad at all. Actually funny enough, and this is the next question. 10 players. 10 players average at least 10 points per game. For this Wolves team. Okay. Give me six.
1: <laughs> All right, well, Kevin. So, Kevin Martin, yep. Andrew Wiggins. One, two. Nikola Pekovic. Three. Yeah. That's three of them.
2: Ricky? Yeah, Ricky. Four.
1: Brett.
2: Now the question comes, who else was on this team? Yeah.
1: Who's, uh, the other, who's the other forward on this
2: team? Oh, was uh did did he keep uh Budinger? Oh my God! Did 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 uh, Flip keep Chase Budinger for a season?
1: God, he had knee issues. You know, let's burn a guess. All right, Chase, we get three. Chase Budinger.
3: He was on that team, but he did, and he played in sixty-seven games, but he did not average oh, wow. more than
2: ten. Oh, so he okay. played? Okay, I I was even mm-hmm. positive he stayed on the team. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Doppelganger. I'm
1: trying to think, we went to, so we've we got to...
2: four. So we got four.
1: Declan,
3: you got four. I need two more of of okay. the ten.
2: All right. Was um, <laughs> trying to think so of like there's the got to be another
1: veteran or something. Who's their other who's their backup point? Like Luke Ridnour? Wasn't Luke Ridnour on one of these teams? That sounds right. Would he have averaged 10? Let's go Luke Ridenauer.
3: Luke Ridnour is not on this team. Come on, all right. Fellas. So, who
1: else did
2: come on? So, who Who? quit prodding us. So who who else did Flip bring in from a veteran's state? He had to bring Let, in some Let's old also standby. think about
1: some of the, the, the draft picks that were made. So it went mm-hmm. let's go in our so Rubio was oh nine, it took him a couple years to come to come over. Mm-hmm. Um Wes Johnson, Derek Williams. Oh, that's right, Derek Williams. What a terrible pick. But that would have been like I don't remember who was still... I don't think he was still on the team. I don't remember who was still around
2: by that point. That, that's why I was trying to think, did did Flip bring in any of his old standby veterans that he liked?
1: Well, who else did he draft? Did him? Garnett? Who, like, no. KG was like five or six points a game. He only played in like five games. Now... Um, who were they drafting Like before Wiggins? I'm trying to think. Who were the draft picks like a year or two before Wiggins? God, this is such a transition era of Wolves basketball. Um, oh, what about Alexi Shved? Judd, remember that guy? Oh yeah, I, I remember. I don't know if he was averaging ten points a game, but I don't remember if he was. Change your face. Be happy. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Tolliver probably averaged ten points. He was probably on that team.
3: That unofficial official? But
1: I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of out of guesses here. Anthony Tolliver. Okay. Oh my All right, god! dudes. Wow.
3: You missed out on Shabaz Muhammad.
1: Oh Shabaz! Thad Young that was one of the uh, Thad Young. Oh my god! Corey Brewer. Okay, he came back. He scored mm-hmm. fifty in a game. Mm-hmm. I forgot he was even. Was back. Mo
3: Williams on this team too? Mo Williams, you missed Mo Williams. He averaged he dropped fifty winners. in a game. He,
2: he was the veteran that mm-hmm. flipped. That's rock. right. I knew there
3: was. And you he missed. Zach, and you missed, Zach you missed Zach Levine. You missed Zach Levine. That's oh, that's, right. a exactly. that's, a, I, I, that, that's a bad miss. I'm not going to apologize for the rest. That, dude, dude, the problem. fact
1: that Zach Levine was on this team, mm-hmm. my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: I don't – he away, technically man. counts this, but I'm not counting it. Gary Neal played in 11 games and also averaged 11 points, but I'm not – like 11 Ooh. games, in my opinion, does not qualify, but according to basketball reference, it does, but
2: I'm not going to – Gary Neal? Okay. Yeah, Gary, Gary Neal. Neal. I don't remember right. Gary Neal oh, at all. Gary I could, post G- I, I could pass him on the street. I wouldn't recognize Gary Neal. Uh,
3: couple more here. The Wolves ranked first in the NBA in this scoring statistic. Scoring statistic. First in the NBA.
1: Okay, they didn't shoot threes. It went to been three-point attempts. Flip-hated so. threes. Uh, scoring. We could, like, we could, short
2: field goal attempts. Trying to think of
1: like, the very how, least how mid-range. obscure is this. Uh they might have been a high percentage free throw shooting team that year, okay Ricky always made free throws. Yeah. Kmart was like a ninety plus percent free throw guy could yeah. they have could they have been a, the I like it. free throw percentage? I like how you're thinking. I don't think they got to the line very often, but let's go three point uh free throw free throw percentage
3: free throw percentage yep no, but but sixth in free throw percentage and second in. Uh, uh, mates, and third and attempts. They didn't get to the line a ton. They got yeah. to the line a ton, but percentage-wise, they didn't, didn't make a...
1: The other one I would anything. say is they probably, I don't know, I was going to say two-point percentage, but Ricky was a bad converter at the rim. Laptop died, but I remember the questions off the top of my head. <laughs> okay. Andrew
3: um, was
2: really good, though, that, at the rim that year because that, that was his
1: first year, and he actually drove to the basket a lot. Yeah. and converted a lot, I think. All right, let's go two-point percentage. Two-point make percentage. All right. It's two-point attempts. It's two-point attempts.
3: Two-point attempts. They were they were actually, like, 22nd in well, yeah, percentage, but attempts they were oh, first. no, no we're, we're wrong. We're wrong. Yeah, yeah. okay.
2: Flip loved that. Yeah. Flip loved the two-point. He loved the mid-range shots. Yeah, two-point
1: attempts. Okay, we and probably got, should have sniffed that one out. I and he got very
2: sure. mad. He got very mad when pressed about three-pointers. And yeah, was the, one thing.
3: the wolves ranked dead last in the NBA in this offensive
1: statistic. Three point attempts. <laughs> First in two point attempts, dead last in. And, yep. and I think what Flip was attempt. trying to do is take his system and just kind of stretch it out a little bit, right. but that's not that's not too not much. How it really works. <laughs> so, uh, all right, f-
3: f- final one. Who was the highest paid player on the Wolves that season? Last one.
1: Was it Pack? Oh, Peck probably made. He made like a got the contracts. It was like a four fourteen million dollars a year. Kevin Martin was probably that came, in that range. Yep. I mean, Thad Thad Young was highly paid. I think that I think Thad Young was highly paid. Who were the other ones? So Levine went to Ben. Levine was a second year guy. Yeah. Who were the other the, the Shabon, scores that Decla was saying? They were
2: all. Um,
1: Mo Williams, man. Mo Williams might have been the highest-paid player on that team.
3: <laughs> nice headband. I'm trying to
1: think. Uh, let's go, Pack.
3: Pack. Let's go, Pack. Nikolai, yeah. Bekovic. Yes! Nikolai. Bekovic. Nikolai right, Bekovic. There we go. There you go.
1: Because he got bad. the contract.
2: Yep. And flip, but flip lowballed him slightly because he was well, his never his healthy. His agent healthy said he's a max player. It.
1: His agent told him yeah. that he's a ma- My client's a max player, and Flip said, "Totally agree." Prorated to the fifty games that he plays. That's a hundred percent right. Yeah. That's amazing. That was a great negotiating tactic. Yep. yep. All right. That is a wrap on Mackey's Daily Minnesota was Sports bad. Entertainment. No, I think uh that's man, the Timberwolves in some of those years are just so they're always in transition, basically. Not anymore, no. Phil. Not anymore. Run with the pack. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Ooh. Write that down. We're gonna admit that we were wrong tomorrow, so you're not gonna want to miss out. it.